Hello everybody, it's Deborah Harcourt speaking here from Asia Pacific Early Childhood Consultants. I hope you're well. Um, look, today I thought we might have a look at this notion of identity. And those of you who are in the Australian context would know that one of the outcomes in our early years learning framework is for children to develop a strong sense of identity. And as with our other topics, I've noticed, I think, a few gaps in our thinking, a few gaps in our daily practice, and I think a few gaps in our understanding of what that might look like, the potential and the possibilities of working around children's identity. Last Saturday, I had the great uh, fortune of being in Sydney uh, to attend the KU conference. And we had some wonderful guest speakers. Ganilla Dahlberg from Sweden was one of them. And Stuart Shanker from Canada was another one. And it was so wonderful to have an audience of early childhood educators with speakers talking about research and asking the audience really to do some deep thinking. So that's what I'd like to try and do today is to get us to do some, some soul searching, I suppose, it, we might call it, around this notion of identity. Now, there's one thing that I would like you to just stop and consider for a moment. What do you understand about identity for young children? What does that actually mean to you? And then have a think about what does that look like in your daily practice? How would you defend your position on developing a child's strong sense of identity between what you think it is and the actions that you explore or that you undertake each day. And I want you to think about this. Young children have to learn to put on different identities for different situations, just like we do as adults. But think about this. As a young child approaches their early childhood setting, they go through the door with their parent, their grandparent or their primary caregiver. They actually have to begin to change that identity the minute they start walking through that door. So they go from being a child in a relationship with a significant other to a child who must develop strong relationships with a much broader group of people, the adults, their teachers and educators, the other children. So they transform that identity from being a child within a family situation to a child who becomes a member of a learning community. Now, in the Australian context, in long daycare programs, where we do not have, or rarely have, may I say, consistent attendant patterns, I want you to think about the child who comes five days a week. I want to just focus on that child for the time being. Because the chances are that that child will be in a different group, the dynamics and the structure of the children will be different for that child every single day of the week. 
So you can imagine that, let's say, for example, on Monday and Tuesday, there are a couple of large personalities that take up a lot of the educator's time. And that child that we're talking about may just kind of step back in their personality a little bit because the bigger personalities are overwhelming. And then maybe on Wednesday and Thursday, they, their personality might come out or they might show a stronger sense of identity, shall we say, on the days when the bigger personalities aren't there. And that's an incredibly difficult thing for children to understand to figure out their place in that learning community. And it's almost as if, if you could sense it from a child's point of view, which identity do I need to have on today? Are the big personalities going to be there? Is my very close friend going to be there? Is someone who I think well with going to be there? And this is very unlike the way that our colleagues in Regimelia work, where the groups are consistent. Yes, the children come five days a week, often for a shorter period than what they do in other countries in long daycare programs. But the group is consistent. It's the same children who gather together with their educators on a daily basis every day of the week. And for many children, for example, in an infant and toddler centre, those children would stay together as a community of learners and thinkers with the adults for up to three years. So you can imagine the sense of identity that is built for each child as a member of that learning community. And I think this is something we really need to give more significance to in how do we support children in shifting that sense of identity across the different days, depending on the makeup of the group. I wonder if you've thought about that before, because for me, I see this every day that I'm working with educators and children. And when I talk to educators, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, now I understand what that child is doing. So this should become part of our teacher as researcher in terms of supporting children, understanding the different identities that children have to develop dependent on the makeup of the group. But instead, what do we spend our time doing? Just have a think about that. What is it that we spend our time doing? Hands up, who's gone to one of the early childhood catalogues and purchased the wooden family tree? Who's done that? Hands up. I bet there's heaps of hands up. Why did you do that? Ask yourself, why did you purchase that family tree to hang the family photographs on? And I can probably guarantee that the answer is so that children feel strongly connected to their family, so that children are building a sense of identity. But you know what? That is the one identity that children can give to you. They know who their family is. Think about children who have a tough time separating. They're telling you, I know what my identity is like when I'm with these people or that person. I don't know what my identity is like 
when I enter into your community. Yet we continue to develop these family trees under the guise of identity. And I'm not sure that we've got that right. I'm not sure. I would like us to have a more robust dialogue around some of these things that we do that I don't think are consistent with research, with the intent of our learning frameworks, or with our knowledge of child development and children's place in the world. So I'd like you to think about that. The other one I want you to think about too is these, these portraits. We often see that people do portraits with children. And I want you to think about the possibilities of doing that. Why do we do portraits with children? And a lot of times it's under that banner of identity. So I'm not saying, please don't get me wrong here, I'm not saying that it's wrong to do portraits, but perhaps our approach to that might need to change. What is it about a portrait that gives a child a sense of self? So for example, if you're doing portraits with, say, four-year-old children, four-year-old children can look in the mirror and they can say, that's me, I understand who I am. So why would we do portraits? Is it about a sense of identity or is it about knowing the structure of my face or the structure of faces? And I wonder how I can communicate my understanding of that with others. I think portrait drawings or portrait paintings are more about the skill of being able to draw, paint, or construct in other languages, expressive languages I'm talking about here, I think it's more about that than it is about identity. So perhaps we can have a little, another little think about that. So my suggestion is that perhaps at the beginning of next year, which I think is a good time, Perhaps we could do a research project, teacher as researcher, children as co-researchers, and inquire into what does identity look like in our context? Because we can't put a blanket over identity and say it is the same for everybody. It's the same way of learning for everybody. Experiencing and developing identity is the same for everyone. It was very interesting. Um, last year, I was working with a new teacher. And this was her first year out. She was struggling with a number of other things as well. And she said to me, Deborah, I don't think I can actually investigate children's identity because I haven't developed my own as yet. I'm still deciding who I am or who I want to be. So perhaps at the beginning of next year, you might spend a couple of months exploring what does identity look and feel like at your centre? What does it mean? What does identity mean at your centre? 
And then how do children build a strong sense of identity? And what does that mean? Because I think too often we are proposing superficial activities under the guise of identity that we can put in a little box down the corner that links it to whatever standard outcome, whatever it is that you believe assesses the quality of your program. We're too quick to make that link. When in actual fact, we know now from research, from child development, around children's well-being, that having a strong sense of self is one of the most important things for human beings. And without that, we find it very difficult to form relationships with others. We find it very difficult to learn. We find it very difficult to engage in learning unless we have or we're developing a strong sense of who we are, what we're all about, how we fit into the world. And I'm wondering if I think back again to the portraits and the um, family trees, how does that make sense? Really, how does that make sense? So I'm asking us to... Think a little bit more about that, being a little bit more intentional on the way in which we unpack things like identity and other outcomes. How do we unpack it so it, we have a strong sense of shared understanding amongst our team or amongst the system in which you work, a shared understanding of what that looks like and how we can support it as intentional teachers as teachers, as researchers, how can we actually support that in our own context for our, the children that we work with, for the educators, for the families? And then how do we share that? How do we make that visible when we come to a point where we're ready to say, I think we actually understand what we're doing? And of course, the flip side of that is teachers developing a strong sense of self as a teacher, as an educator, as a co-researcher with children and with colleagues. How are we actually marrying those two notions, the identity of the child and the identity of the educator? How are they going together? Because your identity will change depending on the identity that children are showing you. Have we explored that idea? Have we discussed that? Have we engaged in robust dialogue with our colleagues to actually figure out, well, what does that mean? Structuring an identity for self as a teacher, as a teacher, as researcher, as a deep listener to children, as a documenter of teaching and learning. So I think this idea of Identity is something that we need to explore more. I think it will take us to a different level understanding on how we support young children. It will certainly, I believe, have an impact on the kind of learning landscape that we structure for children. So it actually responds to the development of a strong sense of identity. One of the 
big things that I think we need to look at in Australia is consistency of enrolment for children. And I know that there are pragmatic financial implications around that, but I know many, many centres now who only enrol children in consistent patterns, who do not enrol children one day a week because it is not good for their well-being and it is not good for the development of a sense of who they are, their identity within that learning community. So I think if we could look at that, if we could take that great big bite of the elephant and say, actually, this is something we need to do on behalf of children because it's my belief that too many decisions are being made by early childhood management, not necessarily leadership, but in the management side of things, the operational side of things, that are in direct conflict with our respect, our focus on and putting children at the centre of all our decision-making processes, I think that often gets lost and we tend to make decisions that are not in children's best interests. And I know that there are, a way, there are ways around it. I watch centres who have consistent enrolment patterns and the outcomes for children and the staff and the families is extraordinary. And you know what? I've watched families make that shift. A lot of centres say, oh no, we try to respond to families' um, employment patterns. Well, that's all very well and good. But are you there primarily for workforce participation or are you there primarily to support young children, their well-being, their thinking and their ability to make and sustain relationships over a long period of time? So I hope I've given you a few little morsels there to think about, to discuss with your colleagues I do hope that you might be using these podcasts to spur some dialogue at professional conversations with your teams, to perhaps even share with families. You're very welcome to share these podcasts if you think they will be of interest to others. And I will be back in two weeks' time. I'm going to have a look at Regimilia in my next podcast. And I think I'm going to call it, Is Regimilia an Unreachable Star? So until then, thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Bye for now.